This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their mind and write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Join me in prayer. Loving and gracious Lord our God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart bless you this day. In Jesus Christ's name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. On last Sunday, we looked at a very familiar text, John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, that, and it's that familiar text that reminds us just how much God loves us. The text says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If I were to stop here, and if you could, you would be able to complete that verse, but you can't, not verbally, but you can repeat it silently that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Last Sunday, I mentioned to you, I preached about the fact that God longed to be in a relationship with God's people, with humanity, God's creation. And so God took on flesh, came to earth, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, Reveal to us the true nature of God by the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. And then Jesus Christ died for your sins and for my sins and for the sins of the world. So last week we focused on the fact that God longed to be in relationship with humankind. God longed to reconcile humankind back to God, and therefore Jesus Christ was sent to die on the cross. But today's gospel lesson reminds us why God sent Jesus Christ. There's another reason. Today's gospel lesson informs us that the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was not only about the salvation of humankind, but the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was also about destroying the system and its many manifestations that are evident and that go against God's kingdom. Verse 31 says, Now is the time for judgment on the world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, Jesus says, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. The judgment of the world, the world that Jesus Christ is referring to is not the world that is synonymous with God's creation. No, this world that Jesus Christ is referring to is the fallen realm that exists in estrangement from God and is organized in opposition to God. One commentator defines the world in this way. 
as a superhuman embodiment and structures and institutions that aggressively shapes human life and seeks to hold human beings captive to its ways. The system is driven by a force, the ruler of the world, whose ways are domination, violence, and death. This system is designed to hold you and me and all of creation captive. Let's look at it, one aspect of that system, domination. Groups seeking to dominate other groups. Groups seeking to hold other groups hostage so that they are not able to fulfill their God-given potential. Potential. Governments dominating other governments. Violence. Walter Wink, in his book, Engaging the Powers, talks about the myth of redemptive violence. He says it's a primary myth of the system. In other words, the way to being, bringing order out of chaos is through violence. That's the myth of redemptive violence. If we're going to bring order out of violence, order out of chaos, then let's create violence. Let's do it by violence. There, there, there are other aspects of the system. The isms is what I call them, the racism, the sexism, the classism, the isms that prevent people from experiencing their God-given potential as individuals who have been made in the image of God, free to be all of who God has created them to be. On the cross, Jesus exposes this system for what it is. No, it's not life-giving. It's an opponent. It's an opponent of God's purposes. It is life-taking. Let me just ask you today, which system are you bound by? Which system is holding you captive? Which system is preventing you? Which aspect of the system is preventing you from living out your God-given potential, the potential that Jesus Christ helped us to understand by looking at the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. The destruction on the cross, Jesus Christ not only exposes the system, but Jesus Christ judges the system. And Jesus Christ casts out the ruler of the system, the ruler who is Satan, the ruler who is the devil, the ruler who is evil, has been defeated, and yet, and yet, the power of this ruler continue to wreak havoc in this world because there are people who are still bound by to this system and live under the rules of the system as opposed to the life-giving rules of God's kingdom. The destruction of the system on the cross offers you and me, all of humanity, an alternative to living lives 
that are bound by this life-taking system in Jesus Christ. Because of the work that he has done on the cross, you and I are able to live free lives. Pastor, what would that look like? Well, hmm, the system says in part, you know, get all you can. Don't be concerned about anyone else. Just keep getting, 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 getting. Oh, yeah, consumerism, consumerism, consumerism. Don't be concerned about the fact that the more you give, the more you get, there are consequences to those who make it possible for you to get. You know that knockoff price that you get for those shoes that are name brand shoes? Have you ever thought about the sweatshops that house the people? who make the products that we like to buy? Have you ever thought about the people in those sweatshops and the conditions that they're living under? What does it mean to, to live? <laughs> Bless you, Lord. What does it mean to be captive by the system? Are you aware of people who believe that they have the power and the responsibility of holding other people in captivity? Are you aware of people who are held captive by the sin of pornography, by the sin of domestic violence? Jesus' death on the cross destroys the system. And yes, that system is still holding captivity. It is still having captive powers over individuals who have not been made aware of this life-giving freedom that Jesus Christ offers. Jesus said in the gospel lesson, Follow me and do the work that I do. Beloved, beloved, we are called as disciples of Jesus Christ. We are called as the body of Jesus Christ to carry out the work that Jesus Christ has carried out. And just as he destroyed the power of the system on the cross, we are called to go out and to talk to men, women, and to address the system in these United States, in the world. We're called to address them by sharing the gospel and the power of the gospel to men, women, and boys and girls who are still living as captives under the system. We are called to speak against those powers that be, that would hold people and groups of people captive. Bless you, Lord. Don't confuse the work that Jesus Christ is calling us to do with the work that people try to put a label on. Jesus Christ calls us to address systems that hold people in captivity, and those systems, their core is sin. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to address sin wherever it is found. That is why 
That is why, as the church of Jesus Christ, we address the issue of the isms, the racism, the sexism, the classism. We address the issues of white supremacy. It's a sin. And we are in the sin business of naming it and helping people to become free of it. Yes. Jesus said, anyone who loves this life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life, forgive me, please, my eyes have jumped. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world, in other words, you will not go after the system of the world. You will keep it for eternal life. And this, beloved, is what I need us to remember, Jesus says, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. The question for us, as we continue to find ourselves on this Lenten journey, is where is Jesus Christ calling us to go? As you know, as a congregation, we have been fasting and praying every Tuesday. Following John Wesley's fast, we fast after our evening meal until 3 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon. And our primary focus has been this. Lord, help us as individuals, help us as a community of faith known as Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, help us to become more outwardly focused. That is our prayer. And if I were to ask you today, and I won't ask for a show of hands, where have you become more outwardly focused? What would your response be? Yes. The destruction of the system on the cross offers you and me, all of humanity, an alternative way of living. We're not bound to live by the system that is life-taking, but we have been given the gift of life through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, a life giving life. Jesus puts it this way as I bring this message to a close. In John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes, the ruler of the world, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Yes, through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection, you and I have the freedom to live lives that are pleasing to God, lives that reflect the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, lives 
that are then called to share with others, the one who makes our life-giving life possible. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of the world will be driven out. And I, Jesus says, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw people to myself. Beloved, may we as the body of Christ carry out the work of Jesus Christ. Amen.